Hey, everybody. Grab your Bible, a pencil, a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Hey everyone, Merry Christmas and welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture and we are continuing to talk about Advent and why Jesus came and we go into the famous Isaiah prophecy and verse about Jesus and really talk about what it means that he reigns, that he is our wonderful counselor, that the government rests on his shoulders. You know, what does all that mean and why is that important to us? So we are really glad that you're here. And if you would like to join in on the Advent reading plan that we referenced in this episode, it will be in the show notes of this episode and all the episodes this December. So we are really glad that you're here and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hi, Kara. Hi, you got a little rasp in your voice. <clears throat> I know, I know. Don't I sound... Wonderful. You do. You sound so nice. I know. It's this time of the year when yeah. different changes of the weather and just been busy and tired and easy to get a little cold. Yeah. But yes, anyway. I don't I don't sound like you, but I do feel run down today, which I yeah. think that's probably tis the season. Tis the <laughs> season, exactly. And you know, it's so funny because we're, you know, reading this these verses today that talks about just how great and mighty God is and how that He's coming. And, you know, this was a prophecy. And I loved all the things that you wrote, you know, in that Advent. I, I really did. Oh, thank you. you. Did. Yeah, you did a great job. And Thanks. I was just thinking about being so busy and trying to get the tree up and trying to get the Christmas presents, you know, all this stuff that we're doing. And so as I was reading that, where it talked about, you know, that he will be the prince of peace and, you know, eternal and counselor and all that. And I thought, wow. I mean, God is all of that. Jesus is all of that. But it seems like it's missing a little bit. The decorations aren't missing and probably not the presence, but there are a lot of peace Missing. There's a piece missing, huh? There is a piece missing. <laughs> that was a bad yeah. joke. See, I'm tired. Just oh, bear with yeah. me. No, I do think that, I mean, this is one of the most popular, I think, one of the most popular yeah. prophecies of Jesus, especially in Isaiah. Isaiah is mm-hmm. probably the most popular one, which I think is interesting because it does, this one does talk a lot about who Jesus is. You know, he he will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, ever, everlasting father, prince of peace, which it was interesting when I was writing, you referenced the advent and every day in the second week, I dive into each characteristic. Um, and I do, it was, it was interesting going, not interesting, it was comforting, probably is a better mm-hmm. word, going through that and really thinking of like, okay, what does it mean for him to be my wonderful counselor? What does it mean that he's mighty God? Because I think mm-hmm. just like, so often in scripture, we can just read over things, especially if we've heard it so many, many times. times before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was, and you know, I'm not super long winded, so I didn't, 
<laughs> there's only like a couple paragraphs per each. I'm kind of a big picture thinker, but it was still, it was, it was comforting for sure. I think that as you're saying, you know, this time of the year and thinking about, you know, the things of who God is and who Jesus is and how I think you wrote in this week too about how that he actually, you know, he's coming and, and he's this counselor and he's wonderful and he's got these the peace. And so often, like you said, we kind of skip through that. But, you know, I just think that what you said about him being, you know, wonderful, we think about, oh, that's, he's, he's great. And oh, the wonderful counselor. Yeah, part. but the part yeah. about him being wonder, like he's the, you know, he's oh, well, inconceivable wonder. Yeah. Yes, that yes. was the name of it. Yeah, and and I just love that because I thought, you know, so often we just don't really get in awe of him a lot. We don't really think about, wow, you know, God, you're just, you know, you're just this amazing God that we want to know, but it's so hard to know. It's hard to comprehend, yeah. you know, how great he is. And and you do, you know, reference that this is a very popular Christmas, you know, uh, scripture. And I do think that, you know, Luke 2 definitely probably is, yeah. is in that category well. I think well. it's the most popular. I think it's the most popular prophecy, prophecy of Christ, yeah. not necessarily. I mean, we do use it a ton in Christmas, but. And which is also one of the things about uh, really, you know, knowing who God is and being able to, you know, knowing is God real? Is, you know, is he just figment of our imagination? And, you know, when Isaiah was writing about Jesus, I mean, he didn't know about, you know, the Prince of Peace. He didn't know that one day that the angels, the heavens, you know, would declare the angels would come and say, a child is born, you know, yeah. and, you know, he brings peace on earth, goodwill toward man. But he's writing this years, thousands of years, you know, earlier. Right. Well, that's what is so amazing. It is. And I one think. of the things that yeah. helps me when I'm thinking about, you know, God and, and just like sometimes, you know, when you're doubt. Your faith gets a little shaken. You're like, God, are you really real? Are you, you know, are you really who you say you are? And then I think about when we talk about prophecy and how that this was proclaimed way before Jesus was born. And Isaiah would have had no idea. He, there's no, there's no way Isaiah would have ever understood what was going mm-hmm. on, you know, with Mary being born. I read earlier uh, in one of my readings in the Old Testament about being, he was going to be born in Bethlehem, you know, and that would have just never mm-hmm. would have been, you know, would have ever been thought of. But I, I think that one of the things that strengthens my faith is knowing that it's one thing for someone that's been there and, and was there and is writing the story, which is what Luke is. Luke is saying, you know what, I'm a physician, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to document all yeah, the I'm things. I'm going to tell you what you, happened. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what yeah. happened. Versus what's going to happen. What's going to happen. I, I mean, yeah. that's a whole different bug. And, and for it to be the same, it should make us step back and go, well, maybe there is something to this fact that Jesus really is the Messiah. Yeah. Well, one thing, it was actually, I wrote about it in one of last week's days, but it was something that I read in an Advent devotional that I did, I don't even know how many years ago, I mean, maybe four or five years ago, and it has stuck with me. And I almost talked about it last week, and then it just didn't bring it up. But it is, and I'm going to try, and I was trying to refresh like a little bit of the details because it can mm-hmm. get a little confusing. But like I said, it is day five. You go to 
the Advent is day five from last week, and you can kind of brush up on that. And it gives the scripture references, and I won't get into all of that. But the bottom line was that God says that my, you know, the Savior, that Jesus is going to come through David's lineage. But there is, as David's lineage goes on, you know, they have all the kings of Israel, and most a lot of them were evil. And Jeremiah, the prophet, says, hey, this king, I can't say his name, it starts with the J. This king, you you are so evil, and it is so bad that you are cut off. Like there will be no more rain, rain in terms of R E A R E I G A G E N. Yeah, yeah. There will be no more kings to reign, reign after you. Like you're, I'm cutting off your royal line. I'm cutting, you know, God cut it off, and it looks like this. Like okay, wait, but God said that this that Jesus is going to come through the lineage of David. But now Jeremiah is saying that God is like, okay, no, actually you're so evil that I'm going to, I'm going to cut off like your king. This line is done. And that king. So I really like this Advent um, devotional that I did references this. And I start to deep dive because I'm like, wait a minute. So then how did God pull off? Like he is always true to his word. Mm-hmm. How did he pull this off? <laughs> because <laughs> he's saying two different things. Like he's almost contradicting himself. He's saying like, "Hey, my the king of the world, Jesus, mm-hmm. king of all kings, is going to come through the line of David." Yet now Jeremiah is prophesying that God is saying, "No more kings." And the thing that is so wild to me is God accomplishes both things. Because what ends up happening is Joseph, who is Jesus's earthly father Mm -hmm. is through the line of David. He is through Solomon's line, which is the king that was cut off. But Mary is also through David's line, but through another son. So I just think that's so amazing because it just shows me like, even when we make mistakes or even if we go off track or no matter what we do, God's plan can't be thwarted. Like God had a plan. He said, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. And I'm Mm going to accomplish this. I'm going to go above and beyond. Like basically like he kind of, because I think a lot assume, at least maybe I'm speaking for myself. I assume that Jesus came from the line of Solomon. Like, because you have David and Solomon Mm -hmm. and, you know, they both did amazing things, wrote these books of the Bible. But Mary is actually in the lineage of Nathan, which is David's, another one of David's sons. So it's like, okay, he'd still, God still accomplished both things. He cut off, you know, depending on how you look at it, he cut off the line, but he still accomplished providing his son Mm -hmm. through David's lineage. And I know it's like kind of a lot of history and a lot to like, you know, hopefully y'all were tracking with me, but I just kind of geeked out on that because I don't know. I sometimes can doubt that with mm-hmm. the Lord of like, can you really pull this off? Can you really do this? Are you really going to say, are you really going to do, what, do you what you said you're, you're going to do? Yes. Yeah. I think you found that in Jeremiah 22. And it's like you said, that the uh, evil mm-hmm. king was Je- Jehoshaphat or Jehoshaphat or something like that. Something. But, <laughs> I mean, I butchered that, I'm sure. Yeah, but, but, but I didn't even try. So, <laughs> but I do feel that often, you know, we hear so much of the thing that God is going to do what He says He's going to do. He's going to be faithful to His Word. And oftentimes, a lot of people say, well, I think He's kind of contradicted His Word. Or you might find something in one particular passage Mm -hmm. versus the other. And But if you dig deeper and you really do care and you do really want to go seek truth, you're going to find how it all connects. And, you know, if God isn't true to His Word, He's not God. 
That's just the bottom line. So that is extremely important that God is faithful yeah. to his word. Well, it's like you can't, I was actually talking to a friend about this um, earlier this week of like you, I personally don't think that you can't choose what's true about God. <laughs> like no. you you can't pick and choose. You can't say like, okay, like I, I believe that God is loving, but maybe he won't forgive me. Or I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. you can't pick the characteristics or you can't pick the things in scripture that you want to believe. It's like, it's either all true or it's none of it's no, true. Right, right. And again, that's what I personally believe. But I, and I think that's part of it. What you're saying is like, if God said, like, if you're going to believe one part about God, you know, one characteristic mm-hmm. about God, then, and if he says that he's always true to his word, then yeah, I, I would say you might want to, you know, like ask him to help you believe that part of it too. And it is, it's hard. You know, it's funny you said that because I didn't know you had this conversation with a friend. I actually had a conversation with someone just recently about the very same thing. And, wow. and, I, and I was like, you know, God did not ask us our opinion and how we believe or how, how we see him. He tells us who he is. That's what scripture is about. He tells us who he is. And then, you know, even with Isaiah being able to say he's counselor, he's mighty God, he's eternal, meaning forever. He is the Prince of Peace. And all of these amazing descriptions of who God is, God's telling us who He is. So often our life experiences do not necessarily, in our opinion, line up to those things. Like if He's mm-hmm. the Prince of Peace, then why do I have don't have peace? If I have Jesus right. and He's He is the peace and it's part of the fruit of the Spirit then why do I not have peace? It has nothing to do with the fact that God's not still who He is. You may Mm -hmm. not have peace, number one, because you may not be trusting God. Number two, you may be focusing not on the fact that God is peace or not focusing on Him, but focusing on what's going on in the world. And if you set your heart and your eyes on some of the things that are going on in the world— your emotions is not going to produce this peace. That's an emotional peace versus a peace that comes from the characteristics of who God is versus an emotional peace. There's two different types of of peace is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think, yeah, you can have peace deep within your soul. And that's that's the peace that that he provides. But, But if I focus on all the bad stuff that's going on or things that are happening in my world or or if I began to focus on the what ifs, a lot of times that fear comes in and all of a sudden my emotions have over you know ridden the what I know it within my heart. God is peace. That's who he is. And we're talking about a peace that is connected with your emotions and your emotions can go from one extreme to another versus a solid rock of he is peace. Yeah, I think we forget that we have, I don't even know if this is the right terminology, but like a dual kingship in us, not kingship, but like ruling. Like we have our flesh, we have sin that is that dwells in us because we're human. But then if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. So you have that struggle and it's more, it's like almost like, what are you tapping into? Like, are you, and so you have this like back and forth almost. Right. Well, this Romans 7, where it just talks about the very, Paul talks about the very thing I don't want to do, I do. And he sees this struggle. That's a flesh. Yeah, that's part of being human. It's part of being the flesh part. 
That's not a kingship. A king is what rules. Yeah, so that was the right word. I guess I yeah. was thinking of like what, like duel, like a dueling. So that was that was more so the word I was looking for. Like we have this like struggle within us, and we have to be so careful about what we are, yeah, mm-hmm. like focusing well, on or kind of tapping into because it's like, is your we have to be intentional to allow the Holy Spirit to do its work. I yes, think. and I think that's the key. What what you're talking about when we're talking about being born again, we are being born again within our spirit. When Adam and Eve sinned, when God said to Adam and Eve, the day that you sin, you'll die. Well, they walked around. They were afraid. They hid. They had emotions. They had their flesh. And now it was, you know, doubt a blow because it has now the sin nature in, in them. But their spirit died. That's what died. Their flesh did not die. They didn't die physically. So, when we're talking about the struggle within and and like I'm not experiencing peace, you may be dealing with your flesh. You may be dealing with some things, humanly speaking. And God does, uh, you know, work through that. He does work on it. It's called sanctification. It's a big word, but it's dealing with how we walk in a manner worthy or calling. It's living out what what we know. So when we're thinking about Jesus being the Prince of Peace, that's who He is, and He's living inside of us. If we don't feel or feel like our peace is, you know, strong, we don't have that peace. We really do have the Prince of Peace within us. But what we're talking about is my emotions are just going crazy, or my Mm -hmm. emotions are overriding what I really know to be true, and that is that if I lean in and allow God's, who He is, to rule in my life, I will have peace. But if I let my emotions rule my life, then I'm not going to feel the peace within, even though it it, it is still there. So I think that's what you're talking about. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think you point on this, but it it's like we said a few weeks ago about how he is love. It's like he mm-hmm. he is peace. So mm-hmm. any that's like, right. He can't not bring peace, or mm-hmm. he can't not be full of peace, or give us peace when we are you know resting and abiding in him, and because that's that's just who he is. He can't not be that. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to the wonder part yeah. of who he is, because I do want to. I wanted to read this one little bit that is in the Advent, because I always, you know, it's written as wonderful, mm-hmm. which is full of wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I wrote this as a, when Isaiah writes of Jesus being wonderful, it is not as we understand it, but more so as something that is full of wonder. It is inconceivable and immeasurable. The counsel that Christ brings frustrates the expectations of mankind and goes beyond our human ability to understand. I just like love that. I mean, I know I, wrote, mm-hmm. I feel weird saying that because I wrote it, but I feel like it wasn't me. I'm, I think yeah. I could say it because I'm you, sure you it was love just the, the truth Holy Spirit. That. But yeah, yeah, like it just like because it goes back to like it just surpasses all of our plans, like mm-hmm. all other plans, all um, like all of the plans that we think what we may have in it. Yeah, it's just like this awe that we can have that we that he like when we truly see him for who he is, it's almost like we can wrap our minds around it. We can't mm-hmm. understand. All of who he is. Yeah. Um, it's, inc- it's inconceivable. That's right. What I find very interesting is the fact that we, and like Roger was saying, we do want to be in awe of God. I, I think there's something in all of us to be able to say, God, you're so big, you're so mighty, you're so strong, you're, 
you know, there's no other God but you. You're, you're just powerful. You're sitting on your throne. And the thing that really, humanly speaking, that frustrates us, there's this part of us that desire and long for the fact that God is so amazing and so wonderful and we can't understand Him. And then there's this other part of us that want to understand. There's this other part that gets so frustrated because we're like, I don't really understand how God can do this. I really don't understand why God's done something, or I don't understand all of who God is. Like, is He sovereign? Is things by mistake? Is it my choice? Is it is God still in control? And you talk about, you know, He's on the throne. God is on His throne. We know that Jesus came and sat on on the throne uh, next to the Father. So, you know, and He's King. And yet we're seeing all these other things that looks like the world is, and the things around us are saying totally opposite of what God is saying who He is. And so there's this struggle, I think, within us that we do desire and want to know that there is a God that we can trust, that we can put our lives in the hands of a God that's strong and mighty and, and in control. And yet we want to lay, we want to bring him down to our level and say, if I don't understand this, it can't be true. Right. But do you want a God that you can understand? I mean, not really. No. I mean, in all reality, yeah. I mean, it would be nice to understand some things, but no, that's mm-hmm. not really what I what I would want because you want someone. It goes back to it saying the government rests on his shoulders, mm-hmm. like that. What that's what that really is saying. It's saying like he he reigns, like he is over everything. The government, not just the. It doesn't mean, and I don't correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like the government, like we think government. It's like everything visible and invisible, like all the realms of you know. Like the angelic realms, the earthly realm, like all of it, like he is in control of it. It's not just like, oh, he's in control of our, you know, United States government. <laughs> it's like everything that go- like he governs everything, like he is over it. He reigns like it doesn't, everything is in his care. Everything is in his control. Like he, and I think the thing is, is whether we believe that or not, or whether we feel that or not, it doesn't change the fact that it's true. Exactly. And I think that's like it. I think that's like anything with, you know, mm-hmm. the Lord. It's like he doesn't need us to believe it. I mean, it would be he our wants benefit us to, too, yeah. just because uh-huh. he wants us to, yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not we think like, oh, I don't think you're in control. It's like, well, he still is. So mm-hmm. I do think that this is talking about the government as we see it. Uh, because in the New Testament, you know, in Timothy and, you know, Paul, he talks about obeying your authorities and stuff. I think it's under the umbrella of our government, but I think it goes way beyond that, what you're saying. So I, I just wanted to just well, it's, I think it's both kind of add to that yeah. because it's both, yes, because it is saying that God is in control. And, and it's hard because, of course, we're in, going into t- 2024, and depending on what's your view— you know, you some people are like, well, there's no way God was in control of the last election, or there's no, you know, or any election. Um, mm-hmm. But again, we're going to go back to whether you want to believe it or not. God is in control, and God uses as as we go through in all the Old Testament, 
all the, like you were talking about, the kings and the judges and, you know, Pharaoh. I mean, you think about when Jesus was born and look what was going on then. And, and they are so threatened by this child that was a child. And, mm-hmm. you know, it says, go and kill all the babies, you know, trying to get yeah, rid right. of which is, Jesus, which is horrible, but in, in right. terrible. But again, that is a fulfillment of Scripture as well. talks about the crying of the babies when Jesus is born. So, you know, I think it's hard because we have this mentality that if God is good and He's all these things that we just said is, then why do we have a world that we like we live in? And so everybody's trying to reconcile that. But you've got to read Revelation. The story's not over with, and we've talked about this a thousand times. It's like going into a, a movie halfway through, walking out and say, I know what this movie's about. Well, if you didn't see the beginning and you didn't see the end of the movie, you really can think you may know what that movie's about based on the middle of it, but you don't. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's yeah. going to happen. You don't really know yeah. how whatever it started. So I think that's why I love that what I shared at the beginning with that king that mm-hmm. got cut off because yes. he was so evil. It's like God doesn't put up with evil. Like he is not, he is holy. And I think we think that he does, or I think we tend to think like, I saw like something the other day that was saying that like, you know, why does God allow, you know, like what you're saying, like evil and Mm -hmm. all the bad these things. But part of me wanted to be like, why do we get to have a relationship with a holy God? Like why, you know, like there's like that flip side that's like, we just don't, and I am preaching to the choir, but I'm like, we don't look at like, why do we even get a chance with God? You know, like, why do we even, because we are, you know, we're, we're not holy and perfect. So, um, and I think we, I think we forget like the holiness of the Lord. And, and you know what? I think we forget how evil affected God. I think that we think about how evil affects us. And, yeah. and I don't think well, separated that we really, him from his children. Yes. And it killed his son. Yeah. So the sin of mankind was placed on his son, which call, which is what we're talking about, Jesus coming. He was innocent. Yeah, Jesus yeah. chose to come. And, you know, when Jesus was in the garden and you talk about emotions and talk about, you know, not peace, here's the prince of peace, within his humanness, crying out, God, let this cup pass. By the way, Jesus agreed to come, but in his humanness in Gethsemane, he's like, did we have another plan? Like, like, could we not have? Let us think about another yeah, way of we, doing can this. Can this cup? Yeah, yeah. Can we? Can you take this cup for me? But That'd you know, ironically, Kara, I I really believe this, and I don't. You know, I think Scripture backs me up on this. I hope it does. I wouldn't want to say it if it didn't. But I believe that the reason that Jesus wept and cried with blood till he got blood started coming out of his sweat glands was not because of the sin dying for us. He agreed to do that. He yeah. agreed to die for our sins so that we could have a relationship. He, he agreed to come, leave heaven, which we talked about last week, to come and die for us. But what he couldn't stand was to be that moment of time on that cross where he would have to cry out, My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? 
yeah, and the separation what, from yes, his father. Yeah. That is what cost Jesus. That's what yeah. sin cost Jesus. So when you we look at the world and how bad and sin is and why does God let all these bad things happen, it cost God something. It yeah. cost Jesus something. So he's not just winking at sin. He's not. Well, just, I think he's not idle. Like I think no. it's. I think, and again, this isn't. Of course, we're not saying any of this. Like we should be like thankful that bad things are happening. Yeah. Like I think it. I think it just shows me like he hates it more than we do. It cost him way more than it yes. cost us. Like he is. I mean, there's a righteous anger, you know, yeah. like he, I I think he is just as mad and upset and more so, way more than we are. So I that's agree. where I'm like, we're asking this question of like, oh, why God? And he's like out there thinking like, I hate, I did not want this. I didn't, you know, I created this perfection, but I'm, but he's so gracious and loving that he found a way to, again, to be near us. He found a way to come to be close, but it cost him way more. It didn't cost us anything. I mean, there's a cost to following Jesus, but in the grand scheme of things, the cost that we have to follow Jesus is really for our betterment. But I, yeah, I think that's it too. Where it's like, I th- we just so, like he hates it more than we do. Like he, like you said, like it cost him his son. It cost him, I mean, he we're his children mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like it cost his separation and took us away from him. So yeah, it's like he, he reigned, like he is going to do something about it. He's not sitting by being like, yeah, I see all the evil in the world and I'm just allowing it. I think he's saying, I'm seeing every evil that's happening and I'm going to do something about it because I am not going to have this. I'm going to take care of my children. I'm going to take care of the world. I am doing it. Believe it or not, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. You know, I uh, talk often about, you know, when I got angry with God about, you know, when my mom and dad passed away and, you know. Yeah. And I say all this, I'm like, I'd probably be mad if something were to happen. So I, there's <laughs> still those no, emotions, but I'm just saying that course. like, yeah, no, I, keep going. But I'm just like, I, I don't, we don't say that. I don't say all this in like a. In light yes, of flip way, way, like, of, yeah. Yes. It's just more of like, remember the compassion of the Lord of like, he. Remember the heart of God. I, I, heart I, of for God, me, yeah. this is what, this is what helps me. And I want you to write this down because I want you to pray about this. I think we should write this down and go before God and say, God, help me on this. But really and truly, one of the things that helps me in my walk with Him, when I see and I, I see injustice, when I see evil and I, I hear all that stuff, it's hard for me even to hear it or see it. But when I do, Carol, what I do is I, I go back and I remember, God, that wasn't your heart. You did not want this. You are a loving God, but we wanted to be God. And mankind, man is what's evil. And so I think for us, we're blaming God for something we for did. Us. Right. And that's the whole born, being born again thing. It's like we, yes. when you accept him, it's like we are born again. And that, and so then, you know, like you and I as, accepted Jesus, we have yeah. been born again. So we are not evil. We have our flesh. The righteousness of God. He, he sees us. Yeah, because because of what Jesus did. But And, you know, I think even with Paul, he says, I'm the chief of all sinners. Paul talks about, uh, apart from Christ, you know, I'm nothing. You know, I think when we get to the, to the point of trying so hard to make people God and make them mm-hmm. be perfect and have a, this expectation for them to, to be a certain way. 
you know, apart from Jesus, and I think even with what you talked about, there's nothing good in us. There's apart from Jesus, He's our only hope. And if there's anything good in me, then it is because of Christ. And I think that's that being born again. But I think we are looking at people and seeing the evil that's going on, that's going on in the world. And we're blaming God and saying, well, if there's a good God, then why is this happening? Well, I want to say, if there's a good people, why is this happening? And and <laughs> this right. is the thing is, I think, for me, when I struggle, when I try to understand the why of whatever, when I do, I have to go back and go, God, you know what? I, I, I don't know. You, you're just even if God. we think we know, we may not know. No, we yeah. don't. And even if we know a little bit, because it does say that we can be, you know, partly, you know, we see things. Well, he can reveal clearly, some yeah. things. And yeah, we see things. You know, it's in Corinthians where, you know, it's a veil. It's we barely, you know, we see things not clearly. One day we'll see as we're known, but. You know, and that's, of course, when we get to heaven. But, you know, I think that as we celebrate the fact that Jesus came, He didn't have to. I think that's what we talked about last week. Why? Yeah. Why, why would He do that? And then, again, as we talked about today about where He went and how He went to the cross, He came, He died, to, he, he was born to die. He never intended for us to have to experience death. That's why He died so we don't have to experience death. And I think that, you know, as you just look at this and, you know, he's mighty counselor and mighty God, I think a lot of times we try to go to people to get our counsel, to, you know, to, you know, tell us what we're supposed to do. And I'm not, you know, saying that that's wrong or anything, only unless they're not leading you to scripture. But I right. think that God is so wise and he's beyond our comprehension. He's bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's just, us, I think once we find our place of how little we are and how great and big God is, I think that's when that wonder will come. I think that's when that awe will come. Uh, remember that song years ago? It says, I, I remember a long time ago, I would send it to you, and it's a country song, which is rare for me to even listen to anything like that. But it says, I hope that when you you know, get to the Grand Canyon, you'll You'll be in oh, awe. I hope you dance. I hope you dance. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. old school. Yeah, yeah but, but one of the wonderful things about that is, you know, that you'll realize that there is a God that's so much greater and so much bigger, but we get to play a part in God's story. God wants to have a relationship with us, and we can dance. We can be in awe because we have a God that loves us and was willing to come down from heaven just to be near us. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.